0: Gift Biz Unwrapped, episode 361.
1: I feel weird making money doing what I love, but isn't that the point?
2: Attention, gifters, bakers, crafters, and makers. Pursuing your dream can be fun. Whether you have an established business or are looking to start one now, you are in the right place. This is Gift Biz Unwrapped, helping you turn your skill into a flourishing business. Join us for an episode packed full of invaluable guidance, resources, and the support you need to grow your gift biz. Here is your host, gift biz gal, Sue Monheit.
0: Hi there, it's Sue, and thanks for joining me here today.
2: Are you like me?
0: I'm getting antsy for spring to come. Last weekend, we set the time ahead, so we lost an hour, but I'm so looking forward to what's coming next. Every once in a while, I can even smell spring in the air. It'll be a bit yet before we can open the windows and let that fresh breeze in, but it's coming. What's also coming is tax season, and if you haven't already, you have no choice but to turn your attention to numbers. Your financials, to be exact. I know, I know. Bringing this up prompts a little anxiety in me, too. You may have experienced or for sure you've heard stories about the nightmares of taxes. Some ignore the numbers all year and now have to gather, recreate, record, and report all of their financial activities. And if this is you and you owe taxes that you're unprepared for, well, that can send you scrambling. Our conversation today touches briefly on taxes. So if you're thinking you'll continue to avoid this topic a little while longer, stay tuned. What we really dive into is the five reasons we tend to avoid numbers. You may find some insight here for yourself as we go along. And of course, then we talk about what to do about all this too. The other big thing we cover is something usually left out of financial conversations. your business numbers transfer over to affect your personal life. Obviously, there's income you make from your business for living expenses, but it's more than that. Taking control and planning out your complete financial strategy, no matter how large or small the numbers are that you're working with, can enrich your life more than you can even imagine. Today, it is my pleasure to introduce you to Erin Bridgman. As a money management and mindset coach, Erin empowers female entrepreneurs to design a business that is not just profitable, but actually grows their personal wealth. Born with an entrepreneurial spirit, Erin cut her chops by scaling her photography business to over six figures in two years, affording her the capital to begin funding the real estate empire she and her husband now run. Note the word empire there. (laughs) Ever passionate about supporting women as they uncover their own potential and earning power, Erin works with female business entrepreneurs to not just scale their business, but to use it as a means for building personal wealth. While she's not working with her clients or finding her next investment property, Erin can likely be found vacationing around the world and spending quality time with family, friends, her husband, and her daughter. Ava. Erin, welcome to the Gift Biz Unwrapped podcast.
1: Yay, I'm so excited to be here. Thank you, Sue.
0: You are like the perfect mix of business information that can kind of get us all a little bit anxious and product experience. So that's going to be really fun to talk about.
1: Yeah, I love the blend of being a nerd and being a business and being a creative and having that spirit too.
0: It's going to be fun to talk about, but before we're going to do that, I have to do something that's been a tradition here on the show, and that is to have you describe yourself in a creative way through a motivational candle. So if you were to envision a candle that really speaks and resonates everything Aaron, what would the candle look like? I love
1: this question. I've been thinking about this. So okay, my candle is a part of a candelabra, which I think is important to note, because I always surround myself with people. And whatever, if it's my social circle, if it's in the business world, if it's my clients that I'm impacting, I'm never burning alone, I'm always burning with others. And that's really important to me. And also a swirled color, like the wax is all swirly and there's glitter in it. So I like to be creative and have a ton of fun. And the scent that goes off from the candle is just this really like earthy kind of chill because I'm really working on tapping into my intuition and embracing flow. And so that's what I got for you.
0: You got a <laughs> lot of levels going there, Erin. <laughs> Oh, boy. I've got to tell you, I love the part, the candelabra really threw me a little bit in the beginning, like, where in the world is she going with this? (laughs) But working with others, right? So often, I think that we feel like, especially if we're an expert in our area, that we should know everything, and we can't possibly know everything. Working with others, collaborating, and then also asking for support, I think is really important. Yes, I'm all about that. Yeah. And multicolored, yes, because that's where you get your finance and products together. (laughs) Mm -hmm. All the fun. Got that. So definitely a lot to dig into here. But let's talk a little bit. I'm really, really interested to hear the product side of your past. So share a little bit about that with us.
1: Yeah. So as you shared in my intro, I was a photographer at the beginning, and as I started bridging into really impacting entrepreneurs and doing coaching, I created something called the Bridge Box, which was filled with products made by female entrepreneurs, and so I created a subscription box through that, and wow, that was just so fun to get to have a physical item that you knew was like shipping out into the world and people were going to receive on our doorstep. Happy mail is one of my favorite things ever. (laughs) And so that was a really fun thing to be able to create and put into people's hands. And two, I've worked with clients who are product based. And in the future, my dad and I are actually working on, this is kind of like not out in the public yet, but we're working on launching a design line. So that'll be product based as well.
0: Oh, very cool. So the product avenue just keeps coming back and interjecting itself in your life one way or another. Yeah. Goes out, comes back, goes out, comes back yeah. a little bit. What year were you doing the subscription box? Oh, that's such a good question. I think it was probably, it was like three years ago. Oh, okay. So almost, well, I'm trying to think of fit that in because, you know, subscription boxes are all the wage right now. Yes. So right in the beginning or maybe after it's kind of taken off a little bit was when you started dabbling and doing yours.
1: Yeah. People were like all about the subscription box.
0: You are subscribing for everything.
1: I mean, I think people still are, you know, I mean, we subscribe for our razors and for our groceries and for, you know, the thought yeah. box, the cause box. But yeah, I think, and specifically my target of buyer loved the subscription box and being introduced to new businesses.
0: The thing that's nice about that is people were already accustomed to the idea now of a subscription, where when you catch kind of the wave in the beginning, you're having to educate people on the value of it and then also the value of your products. But subscriptions, like, let's face it, I mean, people were doing subscriptions to health clubs and apps on their phone, (laughs) you know, all of that. So why not merge over to a product-based? Yep. Makes all the sense in the world. And then now you also have a real estate overlay here too.
1: Yes. So back in the day when we had been scaling our photography business, my husband and I, we always say that we call our money soldiers and we always want our soldiers to be working for us. And so we had saved up at the time, a lot of money for us. It was $18,000 from our photography business. And we said we could pay off one student loan with this, or we could buy an investment property that would pay off all of our student loans over a period of time. And that was back in 2014. And we jumped in and we have been evolving since then. And really in the past year, we've scaled an entire company to build our real estate empire.
0: Wonderful. And is that where you really got the experience and the knowledge and the expertise of your financial side? you know what? Not really.
1: How I got that is more with all the coaching work I've been doing with women over the past five years. So I've been a business coach for about five years. And I was really focusing on helping people with pricing strategy, helping them with sales strategy and marketing and mindset to really help them increase their business revenue, whether they were service based or product based. And as I kept doing that over the years, I saw a consistent pattern of a need for support with women, particularly around money, both mindset and management, particularly with creatives who tend to be pretty intimidated by numbers and data and spreadsheets. And yet they were lighting me up. I'm like creating all these spreadsheets and seeing how much it can help that woman. And so that has what is just evolved into really honing into this money mindset and management side of things.
0: Sounds great. And one of the reasons why I was very, very interested in talking with you is I know you've worked with a lot of product based businesses. So you know the financial end of that and where we tend to get stuck. What have you seen with some of the people that you've worked with, the candle makers and the painters and jewelry makers, all of that? Where do you see they're getting stuck on the financial end?
1: I see a couple common themes. One is really understanding the pricing of their products. So looking at all the different ways that you need to think about the cost of your product, whether it's the actual physical material, the time, and getting a very clear and accurate number on that. And of course, I have spreadsheets for us to do that with the product based businesses, and really aligning, okay, so what do you want your hourly rate to be? Because your hourly rate isn't just in making the product, it's and all the work you do to sell the product and go to the markets and all that kind of thing. And so really helping people get an understanding of when you sell that candle, what is your profit for that and about what is your hourly rate when you kind of put all the numbers together. So I think that's really important.
0: Yeah. And this is an area where we so underprice ourselves as makers. We don't put nearly the right price tag on our time and I think it's because we do this so easily or it used to be a hobby that we did for fun so if we did it for fun how could we possibly charge for the time now that we're a business but you have to
1: absolutely and what happens is is like just like what you're saying most people who are product-based businesses They kind of fell into it. It wasn't like they were, I want to be an entrepreneur. So I'm going to like go start making this. They made them for wedding favors or they decided that they weren't going to hire someone to do it. They were going to do it, you know, different things like that. And then all of a sudden now they're like, oh, people, the market's actually paying me for this. So I could actually make money from this and I love it so much. So I feel weird making money doing what I love. But isn't
0: that the point? Yeah, the transition can be hard. You're right. Because it was for a long time one thing, and now it's turned into something else for profit.
1: Right. And then there's obviously, there's that component of it. And then there's also just like this worthiness around money. And do I deserve that? Will people pay that? You know, the scarcity mindset. And so that's where I love to dig into the money mindset of things and really understanding your own money journey and then doing the work to understand like, okay, well, what would the market play? And what would your ideal client pay so that you can confidently raise your rates knowing that it's going to do well in the marketplace?
0: Yeah. You also take the whole money concept into a whole different level, which is really what I'd love to dive into today. Because you talk about And I teach on this, too, like making sure that your business is profitable. You know, all the things we've just talked about, you know, the product, making sure to account for your time, all of that. But you're also taking it to now let's just not have a profitable business. Let's talk about your personal wealth.
1: Yes, I love talking about this. I could talk about it forever. I think a lot of times as coaches, and as you see, like the education field with businesses, it's really focused on like, how do we increase our business revenue, a lot about business revenue, sometimes we get to profitability, which is obviously those are important things. But if we aren't taking our business, and really helping it transfer into our personal lives, we're kind of missing the point of the business. And of course, there's different seasons in business where you need to be reinvesting back in. But then there comes a time where we have to make that switch and we have to get really conscious and strategic about taking our business and making it impact our personal life. And a really big way I see entrepreneurs struggling with this is not paying themselves a consistent salary. They often pay themselves last. They kind of close their eyes and hope. And you can't be proactive when you're being so reactive with how you're paying yourself.
0: It's definitely a mindset thing. And I think you also, I'm guessing, this is probably how you teach, but you'll have to share and tell me, is you have to make a plan for it. Like, I'll see a lot of people coming in and maybe they're going to start a business out of their handmade product because they have a desire for something. Like, they have a nine to five job already, but they're making a product on the side They're recognizing that they could probably make some money off of that. Maybe a friend even mentioned it to them and suggested, gosh, you should be selling. They maybe go to a craft show and see that indeed they can make some money. But then it's toward something like a family trip or they want to get the house repainted or something like that. And it seems to me that when that actually can happen, then the light bulb comes on and it's like, oh, So my handmade product and money I'm making off of that really can affect my life. So now, how could I do it in a bigger way? And that's what I see you focusing on, is the bigger way.
1: Absolutely. So I always say piles of green cash are not very motivating. And so if we don't have a specificity that we're putting our dollars towards, it's just like, what's the desire of fulfilling through this money? And so what I love to do is help people get very clear on their personal goals, whether that is just general lifestyle improvements, whether that means debt payoff, savings plan, working towards getting money to work into investing, You know, some of your people maybe are right at the place where they're trying to decide if they can make this their full-time job. Can they quit that nine-to-five and really put it all into their side hustle? And you can get really clear on that with numbers and knowing, okay, how much do I need to live? What is my monthly budget? Okay, and then what would my business have to be able to pay me to fulfill that lifestyle? Or what would I need to do? Okay, I have $20,000 of student debt okay, we can get, a lot of times people have debt, they don't even know how exactly how much or they wanna buy this dream house, but they don't even know maybe exactly what the down payment is for that. And when we get super drilled into that, and then we see, okay, how can our business, the profitability of it start to go towards those personal desires, you're gonna be way more motivated to make that happen.
0: Okay, so everything you just said there, I think are things that we, I'm speaking generalities, of course, But a lot of us just put blinders on because you're telling us now we need to look at the numbers. Exactly. And a lot of times I think we maybe, I'm really being general here when I say we, but I'm just thinking of things that I've encountered and seen with other people Mm -hmm. is they'll look at some numbers, but not the complete picture. Like they'll look at, oh, well, you know, I just made $3,000 off a show this weekend. Well, that's fabulous. But did the show cost? 5,000, or did it cost 1,000? So, how much did you really make off the show? Not just top line revenue.
1: And not just that, but also like how much did it cost to make the product? And then how much time did it take? You know, okay, then you can really make a decision on whether that was a good market or not.
0: Yeah. So, what was your true, true profit when you get down to it? Exactly. I think we've kind of framed the problem here. (laughs) You know, the problem is we're not always looking at our numbers. There's huge opportunity out there with your handmade product, but we need to be able to form that bridge to go across. So could you put in some simple terms, maybe some concrete steps of how we do that? It sounds like you start with the pricing, right? Knowing the pricing of your product.
1: Well, this is what I'd love to start with. I love being really concrete and really tangible. I know that's helpful for your
0: audience. Very helpful. Yeah.
1: Yeah. I want to talk about first, like what you touched on about, like, we fear the numbers. We're avoiding the numbers. And I've kind of boiled it down to there's like five different reasons why we are often avoiding our numbers. And so the first step I would say is to kind of figure out which one of these is you, because awareness around that is going to be the key to start stepping into different action. So sometimes we say we avoid our numbers because we're not a numbers person. I hear women say this a lot. Oh, I'm just not good at math. I'm not a numbers person. And I love to just totally push against this and say, nobody is born knowing numbers. Nobody is born knowing math. This is a skill that you can attain. And so, if you're kind of using that as an excuse or as a label, I would say, okay, let's get some tools and get some coaching and education that will help you feel supported in becoming a numbers person.
0: Yes. And what I'm finding with numbers for business is we're not talking about algebraic equations like you used to do <laughs> in school, <laughs> you know, right. the X's and the Y's and calculus and everything else. We're talking about some pretty basic math, and then what that story tells you, what the numbers create for you. I think we just overwhelm ourselves when we say math, and I'm one of them. I'll say it. I fall into that. I'm not a numbers girl. But you know what? I've learned to be because I have no choice.
1: Yes. It's a skill. And when you move from making jewelry for fun to making it into a business right away, you are now making it about money, about numbers, about math. And so you've got to learn that skill.
0: Okay, so I didn't mean to stop you, but I think a lot of people fall into that category. And listen, it's adding and subtracting. And hopefully it's a lot of numbers being added. (laughs) (laughs) But that's another story. Okay.
1: Okay, so reason number one, you're not a numbers person. Number two, you're afraid. So you're actually afraid of maybe what you will see. So I think this is so interesting because with knowledge comes power and with the lack of knowledge comes fear. And so if you're afraid you're going to see something bad, it would be better to see the bad thing sooner so you can correct it versus scale a super like, non-profitable business. So I think that's really important to remember. Maybe somebody avoids because numbers have defined them in really unhealthy ways in the past. Maybe it's a triggering thing. Whether it's the number on the scale or the number of followers on Instagram or whatever the case is, you just kind of have this toxic relationship with numbers. Maybe you think it doesn't really matter, which is probably the biggest issue. If you, which I don't think most people would honestly say, they're rubbing up against this because they know it matters at some level. And then sometimes it's not having the correct tools, not knowing you, well, it isn't over complicated. If you didn't intend to go into business, it can be hard to think through exactly, okay, how much, what do I calculate for taxes? And how do I remember to include everything that I'm going out? And how do I see cash flow in my business and different things like that? And so then you have a tool problem and you just need to have the right tools. And so I just wanted to start with that because I feel like you brought that up. That's a really concrete sort of list to think through. Where do I fall into? And then what can I
0: do about that then? Okay, perfect. So I've captured them, but I only have four, not five. So see where I fell off here. Okay. Not good at math, being afraid, thinking that it really doesn't matter, and not having the right tools. What did I miss?
1: You missed like numbers have defined you in like toxic ways before. Yeah.
0: So a whole mindset thing. It might even be just subtle comments that were brought up in your childhood. Money doesn't grow on trees or we can't afford that or any of these like subliminal things that you may not even know that you're affected by that.
1: Yes. And that is a huge part of it, right? We, your listeners have been alive for 20, 30, 40 years. And we have these messages that we've been putting on repeat that is forming our subconscious. And so when I work with people, I love for us to dig into what is your money journey? What has been your story around money? What have you been taught by society, by your peers, by your parents? And what of it is good that we want to keep amplifying? And what of that is that we need to rewire
0: Right. And, you know, if you don't look at this, it doesn't go away. It's still sitting there. So, whether you don't feel like you have the skills in terms of the knowledge, whether you're just afraid to face those numbers, whether you aren't sure or you say to yourself that maybe it doesn't matter, all of these things doesn't mean that it doesn't go away. So, if your numbers aren't set properly, you're still walking down the road to the same thing, whether you're recognizing and seeing and looking at the numbers or not.
1: Exactly. I love how you put that analogy. That's perfect.
0: Okay, so we have to figure out how to look at our numbers. And I don't know if I want to go there totally, Erin, you tell me because I really, really want to dive into some tax conversation because I feel like it's appropriate (laughs) this time of year. We're sitting here in March as people will be listening to this and taxes are right around the corner. So I'd like to dive into that conversation. But do we need to start somewhere else first? You know,
1: I think it's all combined. So a part of knowing your numbers is knowing your tax numbers. And a lot of times that is something that's neglected, especially early in business. And you take that $3,000 that you just made at the market, business revenue, and let's say 1,500 of it is actual profit. And you've got to remember that you owe 30% of that to the government. And so really, I used to say when I was shooting weddings, based on my tax percentage and whatever, it's like, oh, I shot three or four weddings for the government this year. Just like really understanding that is a significant expense for us as
0: business owners. So really what we're saying is, let's say that 3000 you take, right. let's say, half of that, even including your time and your cost of goods and all of that, you at 50%. So let's say it's 1500, then that you have. That's not really true because a portion of that is going to go in taxes.
1: Right? And if we keep kind of doing and we do an average, we'll say 30% of that is going to taxes. Um then $450 is going to taxes. So you take that right off of your $1500 and that is what you get to put in your pocket. So something that was $3000 is now $1050.
0: Okay, so I know this happens, and you probably see this all the time, Erin, is we don't really think about it until it becomes, right now, tax time. And maybe this is the nightmare, okay? We've reinvested any money that we've made, not accounting for money that we're going to need to pay in taxes, and now all of a sudden we do our taxes and we see that we don't have the money to cover what we're going to owe. Yes. And that happened
1: to me about five years ago. And I had an $18,000 tax bill that I had missed.
0: Well, congratulations, because that means you had some good earnings. (laughs)
1: Yeah, there's like, right? It's like, woo, that's a good sign and not so good right now. And sometimes we predict our tax payment off of previous years, and we're not accounting for the fact that we just doubled our revenue, which was our goal. And we didn't double our tax payment. And I'm on a mission with everybody that I work with that they'll never be surprised by a tax bill in the future. And so one thing I have people do is inside of my money matrix system, we estimate your tax percentage based upon your previous year. And then every month, based on the profitability of your company, it will show you exactly how much you need to set aside in for taxes. And I have a system where I recommend having six different bank accounts some for personal, some for business. And one of those is your tax account. And so every month, based on the profitability of your company, you're putting that aside right away. And so you put that into your tax business account. So it's not even something that you can see as an operating money for you. It's set aside. And many times as you're moving from being earlier on into business, into maturing, your accountant or Bookkeeper or whatnot is going to recommend that you start to pay quarterly taxes, and I'm going to recommend it too. Of course, like I say, I'm not a financial planner, I'm not an accountant, I'm not those things. But just seeing like habit and and how this sets you up well, it helps you plan and not have this crazy huge bill that you haven't planned for.
0: Yeah, and having the peace of mind that it's already covered. You know, you have a system in place, you know that it's covered. Okay, back this up for a second for us first. And I think a good way to talk about this would be someone who's just starting, because everyone, if, when you're listening, you can figure out and interject where you are along the journey based on how big your business is or how long you've been in business, et cetera. But if someone is just starting out, what would you suggest as the right way to set up financially? Erin will be answering this question after a short pause to hear from our sponsor.
2: I'm Anita, Community Manager for the Ribbon Print Company's Customer Support Program. You'll also find me when I accompany Sue to exhibit at trade shows where we get to meet many of our existing customers in person and introduce new people to the world of ribbon printing. It's always fun seeing the reaction people have during a demonstration when a ribbon is created with their company name, a related image, or their own message that they help to design on the spot. They're always amazed that within seconds, their message will print right before their eyes. Of course, that's rewarding for me too, as I get to enjoy the smiles and the excitement that this is even a possibility. And that's when they realize how easy it would be to do this in their stores too. So can you. You can personalize Ribbon for your customers to celebrate birthdays, anniversaries, or whatever you like. But we're also seeing a lot of our customers use the ribbon printer for their branding by adding logo ribbon or labels to products or for flavor or scent designations too. Our number one comment we hear when we are out with our customers is that the ribbon printer is a game-changing addition to any business, large or small. I'm proud to be part of the Ribbon Print Company team, and I'm even more thrilled that we're there to ensure our customers that they can use their printer with ease, all while bringing in additional revenue along the way. To learn more, go to theribbonprintcompany.com. So...
1: Okay, I want to say for your listeners who are starting right at the beginning, one of the first things I want to because you know, I do work with people who are further along in their journey, but many times we're undoing things that like could have been, you know, if we were doing this in the beginning, it would have been great. So your listeners who are at the beginning have an advantage. And so I recommend that you have CFO meetings with yourself. And at the beginning, maybe to get in rhythm like every week. And in that case, you will be looking at your numbers. You will be, whether you're starting scrappy with an Excel spreadsheet at the beginning, but you are inputting what your revenue has been, what your expenses has been so that you can see your profit. And that's really easy. That's revenue minus expenses equals your profit. Mm -hmm. And that you're updating your Excel spreadsheet or whatever you're using to be able to see that. And then a safe take 30% of your profit. You can make a formula for that and put that into a business account for taxes. And every month, you'll want to assess the profitability of your business for that month, start to see trends, things like that. But right away, if you're just starting, I think you have to know those numbers in order to make any sort of decision like, okay, I can afford to buy more wax or I can afford to invest in this piece of equipment. You have to be working off with real numbers, not just the money in your pocket.
0: Yes. Okay. I agree. And Erin, I'm going to tell you a story that is going to make you turn white. <laughs> okay. okay. Oh, no. <laughs> if you've been listening to the podcast for a while, you may have heard this story before. But there was a point in time, now this is a several years back now, that I was working with someone who had a brick and mortar shop and we got onto the conversation about finances. I was doing an audit of her whole business And here we go. She was hand penciling her sales on a piece of paper. No. And that was it. That was all she was doing. Are you white? (laughs) Oh my
1: gosh, yeah. That gives me sort of like heart palpitations.
0: I know because I'm like, first off, you have no idea where you're at and you have a lease. So your overhead costs are much larger than if you were at home. But also, heaven forbid, what if you were to get audited? You have no trail at all. So I like the idea if you're starting scrappy an Excel spreadsheet, but I would way rather have someone right away invest in some type of a system. You need a system. And I'm just going to say
1: QuickBooks because that's what I'm most familiar with and would recommend.
0: You know, when we were talking earlier about adding and subtracting, you don't even have to do that if you've got it set up. You just have to put in the numbers when they come in. Or in QuickBooks case, many times it'll just funnel in. You know, you can set it up to funnel in.
1: Right. And that whole, you just have to enter it or you just have to look at it. That's why I say right from the beginning,
0: you should be doing your CFO
1: meetings where you have time every week so that it's not like, oh, now you have to enter a ton of things because you haven't done it for a month. Right. It's much easier and palpable to do one week at a time and just stay on top of it than to kind of let yourself get buried with something that already overwhelms you.
0: Right. All right. So, Erin, we get a bookkeeping system in place, whether it's an Excel spreadsheet, whether it's QuickBooks or a similar system, and enter in, like you were saying, every single month or week, you know, however you want to do it, but on a regular basis, have a meeting with yourself. I think that also helps us get familiar and more comfortable with the numbers too. Absolutely. If we're doing, if we're putting them together, and eventually as you get Bigger, maybe you'll have someone else take over your bookkeeping like I did. Thank God that was a day of joy and celebration (laughs) when I was (laughs) able to do that. But you know what? I did it myself for a long, long time, which helped me really understand the numbers, you know, and profit and loss statements and all of that. But so we want to do all of that. But what type of record keeping should we be doing? Like, do we need to save all of our receipts if it's already logged into QuickBooks or something?
1: Your accountant's gonna tell you to save your receipts, right? Because if you get audited, that's gonna be something that you're going to need to have. They're gonna be able to an, an accountant is going to be an a following accountants on Instagram, like doing stuff like a creative accountants, it's gonna be really helpful. They put out a ton of amazing tips and helpful things for you to know and understanding maybe different jargon or different particular nuances of the law and stuff like that, so that you can feel like you're prepping yourself and doing things right. But from my understanding, you're going to want to keep organized
0: receipts. You know what I did in the very beginning? This was with a business that I don't have anymore. I merged it. I won't go into my business story here. But when I first started on my own, I joined the chamber, wanted to be part of networking groups and rub shoulders with other people. And one of the people there was an accountant. And so what did I do? I sat down with them. You know, we had a little, I didn't pay. I think I might've done a trade or they might've done it for free. I don't even remember. And we talked all this through, like what do I need to set up? How should I set up? What should I not be forgetting? Things like keeping receipts, any questions that I had. So that's an opportunity if you're part of a chamber, who's there who could answer a question for you or put you on the path? And sometimes that might be at a charge and it's worth it to get it set up properly. Erin, it sounds like that's some of what you provide, right? Just getting things going properly. Absolutely. And
1: a part of like, what makes me different from a bookkeeper or an accountant, you need both at a certain stage, I believe. And I love for people, your P&L sheet, that's what you're creating for the IRS. That's accounting for every dollar every month. That's what you're going to need to submit for taxes. So having a bookkeeper, having yourself do that is very important And then you give it to your accountant. But that's just like one piece of being the CFO of your company. And so what I love to teach people and where I move people to is really helping them understand what is not just working. Because P&L sheets and stuff like that is very retroactive. It's very like I've spent the money and now I'm allocating for it. Maybe I'm looking at what I used to do or what I used to spend seeing trends. But what about really like thinking of the present to the future? And so I like to help people start to really see, okay, start to create projections for their business so that they're automatically going to then work to make more money, start to see, be able to make really clear decisions on, I do have the ability to outsource this now because I can see based on my numbers that I have room for that. And I'm going to be able to allocate that towards hiring someone or towards hiring a bookkeeper or investing that piece of equipment. And so those are things that no bookkeeper can do or accountant can do. This is stuff that you have to do And so that's what I love to to help people do is to really like understand their numbers, create projections, analyze the numbers, figure out how do you make yourself pay a consistent salary and how do you up that salary? And that's the business side that I love. And then a piece of the conversation we haven't really like touched on so much is all the personal stuff. And I think that's something that is needed and that I love to talk about is, you also need to be the CFO of your personal life, not just your business. And we spend a lot of time talking now about like your business numbers and all of those things. And that's important. But the whole point is to take your business numbers and bring them into your personal life. And so I have a system where I teach how do we understand your personal numbers, your personal goals, put real actual numbers to that, and then have the numbers from your business transfer over to your personal life. And so- just want to say that because I think that's a really big piece of this that we want to develop beyond just the beginning and the basis of p and l seats and things like that.
0: I love that, and really what you're doing here is forming a full picture like you're talking about you have real estate investments and you're doing coaching you're your money mindset coach right all different types of things for handmade creators, it might be you have a nine to five so you have revenue coming in from there you may have your partner who's making money. So that's coming into the personal account if you're merging all of your money together. Then you have your handmade business merging in. So that's how you get your full picture of your personal life finances, right? It all is coming together.
1: Yeah, and that's the income part. Mm -hmm. And you can't know the income of your personal life unless you know your business numbers. So That's why we dial that all in. And if we start to do things like projections and strategic ways of allocating money to increase profitability, to increase revenue, then we can start to increase your income to yourself, increase your personal salary and so you got to do all that in the business side but then the financial personal side is yeah knowing all the different revenues that are coming in and getting a clear picture and then understanding your current monthly budget a lot of people i work with like very successful people don't know how much they need to live and so really understanding what that is and then what is the upscaled version of that what is the next step next level what are you wanting to walk into as a wealthy woman And then understanding your short-term savings plan so that you're saving all year for Christmas or you're saving all year for your home improvements or your car maintenance. And those aren't accidents, you're prepared. And then also creating a long-term financial plan. And so that's where I talk about five different areas where you should create long-term goals. Each person's a little bit different, but based on that, is your first goal to pay down debt? Is it to create a, a bigger savings Is it to start investing, whatever? Is it start to be more generous? Is it about like large lifestyle improvements? Those are kind of the five areas we look at and we assign dollars to those goals. And so if your listeners are full-time entrepreneurs, they are not given, handed a 401k, they're not handed a retirement plan. And so while you for sure want to make the present work and make sure that you're living the life that you can, and you're cash flowing that lifestyle, you also want to think about your future.
0: Yeah, and the earlier you start thinking about your future, the better. When I was in corporate, I did any matching programs that I could because I didn't ever see that money to the point we were talking about earlier. If you just put it aside in a separate account or wherever it's going to go, you don't feel like you ever had it to be taken away. You've earned it, but it's sitting somewhere else. And that has served me so well, even to this day. And it didn't have to be a lot taken out at that point. It didn't even hurt. (laughs) You know, I didn't feel like I was making any type of a sacrifice. And as I started seeing those numbers grow, and then the ability when it became fully vested or whenever I had access to the money to be able to reinvest, watching those numbers grow is so rewarding. And knowing that you have a plan for the future, you know, I'm getting closer to retirement now. So if I were to start now versus having started then, I wouldn't have been as far along. we starting then it was pretty effortless to do. But having said that, and you heard me hesitate for a second, it's never too late to start. Right. So no matter where you are, if you're not doing it yet, get started. Right.
1: Start now. It's better than starting later.
0: Yeah. So I love the five areas and I love the idea of talking about long-term goals. I heard you speaking about, you know, a give back component there to a cause you care about or whatever. Of course, retirement, as we were just talking about, or debt payback, whatever your goals are.
1: Yep. So I teach five, just to be really clear so your audience can hear that. It's debt pay down. It's Savings plans, and there's two levels of savings whether it's, it's like emergency savings, you need to have that, and then longer term savings, generosity. So, how do you maybe you're wanting to use the power of money to give back in a certain way? And so, your goals to make more money it, is really around that, and I think that's a very important thing. And then, investments and then significant lifestyle improvements whether that's upgrading your home or getting the boat or whatever. Those are the five kind of financial longer term goals I like people to look at. And obviously, depending on where you're at in your money journey, certain things are going to be more important than others.
0: Sure, absolutely. And so how do you work with clients? Is it group coaching with the concepts? Is it one on one? Share with us a little bit about that.
1: Yeah, so I run a something called the wealthy woman intensive. It's an eight week group coaching experience where we go through both mindset and really dig it. I have a whole money mindset sort of journey people go on through journaling and different activities and group coaching teaching that I do. And then it also goes through our my money matrix system, which is a system that covers both being the CFO of your business and your personal life. And so there's lots of good spreadsheets and nerdy things that are designed for creative. So they're very approachable. And so in eight weeks, we get you dialed up both in your mindset and in your management, and you get to use those tools then for years to come. And so within that program, there's the ability to work with me a bit more one-on-one or to do more of the just the group route. And then after that, people choose to kind of work with me sometimes in a more one-on-one high-touch capacity.
0: Okay, wonderful. And what would you say with people who come to you in the beginning, How are they in the beginning? And what's that transition when they pull out of your classes, have gone through the group coaching class? What's the value been to them? And
1: I will say this is a newer offering. So I am actually just getting ready. We are starting again tomorrow, our new. But I've been doing this work with people one-on-one for years. And I've just kind of evolved it into more of a group program. I would love to maybe share a couple of actual client stories, if that's okay, because I feel like that helps people relate.
0: Yeah, that'd be great, because I'm interested in the value of doing this, because, and my motivation here is someone who's listening, who's like, yeah, yeah, I buy in, I understand, I understand, and then we get off mm. and are all done with this podcast, and it kind of gets forgotten. So I think understanding the value and what this helps you with inside your life could be really, really Interesting to listen to. So, yes, if you have a few examples, I'd love to hear them.
1: Yeah, I'll do that. So, I think we have these dreams inside of us, and many times the dreams inside of us are tied to money, whether it's I want to go full time into this business, or I want to retire my husband, or I want to have a bigger home, or for all the kids that want to have, or whatever the case is. Well, a lot of those dreams and a lot of those goals I'll have a monetary value attached to them. And so a lot of times, so a couple of client stories. So one client I worked with about a year and a half ago, her vision was she wanted to retire her husband. She wanted to be able to bring him home. She has four kids. And so at that point, it felt like a very far off dream. And within about a year of working together, we were able to make that dream a reality. And that was through this type of work, through her belief in what she could bring in her company She was stretching herself at a number of like 6,000. And she's tripled that number since the time we've worked together. We've worked together a couple years now. But not only that, though, she understood her numbers and her cash flow and her personal numbers and her business numbers and what her husband was bringing in and what she would need to do in her company to bring in that. And she was able to like not only increase her business revenue, but know all the facts to retire her husband. I just jump for joy for that.
0: That's amazing. Yeah. You hear stories like this, and the truth is this doesn't just happen overnight. It only happens with a plan.
1: Absolutely.
0: And that's what you're doing is you're providing, you're looking at the unique situation of anyone that you're coaching or have them look at it if it's in a group coaching environment, right? Understand where they are. Think of what their goals are all your goals that you were mentioning, and then figuring out a plan to get there and not just wishing that it'll happen.
1: And when I say a plan, like I'm very practical. And these tools are very specific. So it's like literally seeing here's your overflow from your personal life, we have $790 this month. And we've strategized your financial large goals. And we know where to put the $790 and we're literally putting it onto the next tab of the spreadsheet and it's calculating it, showing you how much you've progressed towards that goal. And just to get really specific and it's understanding your business enough to see, okay, we can actually see cash flow based upon your actual booked and your projections. And so we know it's going to be safe in two months for you to move your salary from 4,000 to $5,000. And so let's put that extra thousand into our personal side of our matrix. Oh, now we have the next month, we have $1,580 left over. Okay, we're going to put that towards this particular financial goal. And so it's very drilled in and very practical. It's not this, it becomes, right? We take it from this hopeful, ideal thing to a real goal with a real number, with a real plan to get there.
0: Which is so exciting because you already see how the future is achievable. You see the numbers on the paper.
1: Yes. And what the one gal, this is another really fun story, from the last program. They had been, her and her husband and her son, her little boy, had been looking for their next house for like a year. And the market's crazy here in Indianapolis. And so for a whole year, they're like getting really discouraged. And I mean, obviously, we talked about just a little bit because I'm in real estate. So I can empathize. And, and she said, at the end of the where as we were wrapping up the program, she's like, I just have to say this, I have to say that because of the work we did in this program, I am able to know that I can build my dream home that we can afford it. And she's working with a builder currently, and they're building their dream home she's like if I didn't do this work I would have never known we could have done this I would have never stepped into this but I know and so cool like we do the mindset work where she's been writing down her future manifestation of this particular her office her room with French doors and like natural light just beaming in and she's like the builder is working with me to make that very room I know I'm just like this is why I do this work it's real women having real breakthroughs. And I think, too, I want to say like the mindset component is so huge. And women coming onto calls and being vulnerable and crying. And one of the women in last group was talking about how she's like, wow, I didn't know I had so much like mindset stuff around money. And she's like, as I'm drilling into this, I'm noticing how my mom treated herself and how my mom treated herself with money. And I'm running up against the same sort of thing where I'm having this worthiness complex where I'm like, well, I'm not worthy. She really wanted to buy a Peloton and she knew she could afford it. But it was as she dug into it why was she was having resistance, it was around this worthiness that she had been modeled that her mom just sacrificed and wasn't worthy of things like that, wasn't worthy to be splurged on. And she was living that out. And she was like, I do not want to live that out for my daughter. Right. And so I'm drilling into this worthiness and really seeing where is this coming from and how can I retrain myself? And of course, she bought the Peloton and that's amazing. But what's more amazing is the work that she did to like start to really receive worthiness. And that's even more why I do this work is that personal transformation that happens for women.
0: Beautiful. Yes, I love that. I'm just going to go back because I just want to reference what you were saying also with this last example is that so often, like, let's go with the home improvements, right? You feel like you spend the money and it's like, gosh, I hope I can afford this because you haven't looked at your numbers. And so you're throwing money and saying, I'm just going to figure it out one way or another. And so you're so stressed thinking about whether you can afford it that you don't even really enjoy what's happening along the way. Yes. And aren't excited and appreciative and looking forward to it, you are initially, but then you're like, crap, is this going to bankrupt me? Like, I don't even know. Or how much do I even have available that I can spend? And all of that gets wiped away, it sounds like, with the type of things that you're teaching, you know, and the way it goes from business to personal to fulfilling the goals in personal and moving forward. So, so much value there, Erin. I love it. Oh, thank you. Yeah,
1: you get to be in the driver's seat, right? Yeah, this is you starting to really say like, yeah, you're gonna build a house in your dream house. You're gonna step into that with confidence and with knowing, hey, I can afford it. I'm a boss. I've got this, you know, versus like, geez, I ho- closing your eyes and hoping and praying, you know, that's very different vibe and energy. And,
0: and setting it a different example for the future for your children as well. Huge. Yes.
1: I always say this, and I think this is like wealthy women will change the world. And that's why I do this work. And I believe that statistically we know that women are more altruistic when it comes to money. But I also say that because wealthy women, the work that we have to do internally in order to come at numbers differently and money differently, is creates a changed woman. And also, I like to blow it out to even a bigger picture of like, this is a societal movement. This is a change. You know, it wasn't 100 years ago, less than 100 years ago, a woman can open a bank account by herself. Less than a hundred years ago, a woman could have her own credit card. I mean, we're a very like if we look at society and what women have been up against, us stepping into this new version is not just for us and not just for maybe the generation that comes after us, but it's about something much bigger. And I just love to like show that so that people can like step into this with like real belief in what they're
0: doing. We were talking a little bit about some of the things you have coming up. Do you want to share that with us?
1: Sure. I would love to. Okay. So this is airing middle of March. So I would love for people to sign up. You can get on the wait list or you can sign up for the Wealthy Woman Workshop. This is a three-day intentional kind of program where it's totally free where we talk through how do we think, plan, and show up like wealthy women And I'm super action-oriented. There's video trainings, there's worksheets. We do it as a group. It's really fun. So I'd highly recommend your audience doing that. And then also there's a free wealthy woman checklist that helps you get really just kind of all the things that we talked about, all the floating things about bank accounts and knowing this and that and your personal business. It's all very organized for you there. So I'd highly recommend that your audience grab that.
0: A good first step into getting to all the things we talked about even if you've been very focused on your business finances before, but making that leap and merging it, how your business finances affect your personal, and then adding in that layer of goals. Where else online would you send people to go and see more about you?
1: Yeah, so I'm most active on Instagram. So you can find me and follow me there. It's Erin underscore Bridgman. My name is spelled different because my parents had to do that to me, I guess. So it's at Erin, E-R-I-N-N underscore Bridgman, B R I D G M A N.
0: Perfect. And of course, that will be in the show notes. So if you're out driving, walking around, aren't able to make note of that, you can always access the show notes for that as well. Erin, this has been absolutely fabulous. Thank you so much for coming on the show today, sharing with us all of your knowledge, expertise, and some concepts we really haven't talked about before that can enhance our life overall. It was an honor. Thank you so much. Interesting discussion, yes? Even though it's important to separate your business numbers from your personal finances for documentation purposes, let's face it, We're in business ultimately to add to our personal accounts. When those dollars cross over, their potential to add to the quality of your life and your future is something certainly not worth being left to chance. Next Saturday, we're talking with an expat mom who has turned her creative skills into over 10,000 Etsy sales. Bet you'll want to tune in for that. And finally... Thank you so much for spending time with me today. If you'd like to show support for the podcast, let me know how it's helped you, something new you've learned, or a topic you'd like to learn more about. Just add it as a review. I read everyone personally and absolutely use suggestions as guidance for new guests and topics. There are other ways to show support for the podcast, too. Visit our merch shop for a wide variety of gift biz paraphernalia like mugs, t-shirts, water bottles, and more featuring logos and quotes to inspire you throughout your day or to use as gifts. Take a look at all the options over at giftbizunwrapped.com forward slash shop. All proceeds help offset the costs of producing this podcast. And now be safe and well, and I'll see you again next time for the Gift Biz Unwrapped podcast. I want to make sure you're familiar with my free Facebook group called Gift Biz Breeze. It's a place where we all gather and are a community to support each other. I've got a really fun post in there that's my favorite of the week, I have to say, where I invite all of you to share what you're doing, to show pictures of your product, to show what you're working on for the week, to get reaction from other people, and just for fun, because we all get to see the wonderful products that everybody in the community is making. My favorite post every single week, without doubt. Wait, what? Aren't you part of the group already? If not, make sure to jump over to Facebook and search for the group Gift Biz Breeze. Don't delay, come join us in Gift Biz Breeze. Today,